Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Hello, and welcome back to Successful Minds. I'm your host, Patty Baranowski-Schneider. Today, I'm joined by Latoya Stewart, LCSWC founder. This goes out to you, LLC. She has lots going on, so I'm going to leave it to her to tell you about it. So welcome, Latoya. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, yes. So I am a licensed clinical social worker. As you said, I am a private practice owner um, for a private practice in Baltimore, Maryland, where I serve um, adults over the age of 17 plus. We service men and women. However, our niche is uh, geared towards women of color and helping them become their their highest selves. Yes. Very nice. <laughs> individual couples, groups, um, and um, we offer mindfulness groups monthly. We just actually had one uh, this past weekend. Wow. Um, we uh, It's open to the community as well as current client base. Nice. I know so many people, it's nice when it's offered because going back years ago, it was like taboo to ever need this sort of stuff. And now people are acting out and people are saying, hey, you're not alone. We're all in this. So let me help yeah. you. And, yes. you know, yeah, definitely needed. Yes, absolutely. I love uh, that uh, mental health is, it seems more reachable. It seems like there's more options and we're all rallying together to find out more creative ways to care for self. Right. And I love that most people, you know, people would never talk about it because it just wasn't look at it. Now people are like, like I've done podcasts with people where, you know, they were either trying to suicide or, you know, they were institutionalized, whatever the case may be. And they're just like, you know, now they want to come back and give back and help people in it. But it's just refreshing because, you know, it takes a big backbone. Like I actually did a book called Life's Obstacles Can Be Your Biggest Motivators. And it wasn't that I wanted to air out my dirty laundry. It was talking about a lot of the crap that I dealt with. But I wanted people to know that, one, you're not alone. You, you know, because people always look at somebody and they they judge a book by its cover. And mm-hmm. I like, you have no idea what everybody's going through. That's why I love when people will say, like, just smile at somebody because you have no idea how much that could make that person's day. And it's like, you know, you don't know. So that's awesome. So good for you. Kindness. <laughs> I, I love that. Yes. Yeah. Now, Latoya, can you share with us your journey towards becoming a clinically licensed social worker? And what motivated you to enter this field? Yes, absolutely. So I like to think about my journey as progressive. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I felt the same way I do clinically. <laughs> Um, as I do in this moment when I started off. And so um, I like to go all the way back into my high school years um, because I was able to connect with my aunt, who's also a social worker, um, who um, lived in Atlanta at the time. And I was able to, during one of my summer breaks, I was able to go to Social Work PRN. Um, it's, it's, it's closer now to me. <laughs> and I drove all the way from Baltimore, Maryland to um, um, uh Another part of Maryland. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dedicated. Good. But I wanted to know more about the field. Um, and I, I, I'm sure I didn't learn everything at that one time, right? But it was um, a door. 
Um, and uh, later on in life, when I when it was time for me to um, consider going to college, I went to a college prep school, mm-hmm. uh, Baltimore City Community College. Um, uh, Baltimore City College, and there's a rivalry called Poly, and it's a college prep school, so we absolutely had to go to college. And so Morgan State University was where I uh, went to went to college. It's at HBCU, and I, I'm, I'm a big advocate for HBCUs, um, historically black colleges and universities, and it, it was so diverse there, and everyone was so intelligent, and it just opened up a world for me that I don't think that I had access to for, I'm not sure why, but I didn't feel the same way about it, right? Um, and so I was able to go there and you say you're, you you want to enter into the field of social work and the school of social work, but you, you don't enter into it immediately, right? You have to um, um, go through a, a chain of, um, of expectations so you, so you can understand uh, how important this work is. Okay. Uh, managing people is a big deal. And, and so, um, I was able to have some internships around advocacy and I really learned, um, the importance of, um, uh, just, uh, legislatively how it affects nonprofit agencies mm-hmm. and that it's in, and how important the community is mm-hmm. and really, um, connecting so you can make sure that you can continue to provide the supports and services and resources to a particular population that you may, um, want to support provide support to and and you care about. And so that was huge for me. Um, And then I was able to, because of that experience, be able to connect to child welfare, right? Um, And um, I was able, uh, specifically, um, independent living. And so as a new professional, these youth are a few years older than me. (laughs) And so you learn really quickly how to ground right and how to check yourself and it was so great with the fundamental building of the work and skill set that i have um i then was able to to uh, connect with forensic social work and really work towards preventing recidivism right um i was able to work at a prestigious um hospital in um baltimore maryland that really shaped my uh skill set there right <laughs> where I was able to work in psychiatry inpatient and outpatient settings and um, a teaching hospitals, they come with a different level. <laughs> okay. Huge learning curve. I loved every bit of it, but it was definitely challenging. Right. Um, then I was able to shift back to a marketing um, and social work PRN. I was able to shift, um, and really get to pour it more into social workers. We give so much, the helping professional, we give so much. And I really love the idea that I can do that for us. I can see us. I can remind us that it's okay to make mistakes, right? People do care about you. Let's try this again. Um, and then I shifted to more of an administrative role um, clinically. Um, well, let me jump back. Therapy. <laughs> I also, I miss the clinical piece, (laughs) right? And so I started psychotherapy as well on the side. Um, But then that really showed me that this is probably what I want to do more of. This is more um, fitting for me. Um, But before I started my private practice, I did jump back into child welfare back with um, mothers um, who were in child welfare about to age out and really working with them around the skill set that is needed to prevent them from being homeless. That's what the work was, prevent homelessness, right? Um, And then I shifted to um, academics um, and really worked with children with um, disabilities. 
then I learned how to see myself through different eyes, right? Um, these students, um, you have to model the work. You can't just teach it. You have to model it. You have to be it. And I learned how to see myself for who I am. Um, social work really forces you to kind of look at yourself, do your work. <laughs> People can't do it. It's, it's a journey. Uh, it's very much a journey. Um, but there, um, working with students who you can see their physical disabilities and some you cannot, and working specifically with their families and also being a parent and understanding how challenging it is um, to just love your child so much and really try to shape those behaviors. It just uh, opened my eyes up in a different way and it really pushed me. Um, so more recently, um, June, I left um a prestigious um, academic um, setting um, for students with disabilities. And I, uh, I expanded upon my services um, for my own private practice just to jump more into the heart of the work um, and to really um, make sure that people know that you can feel better. So progressive journey, <laughs> love, and I'm proud of myself. You should be. I'm like super impressed with everything you do. And I think that's awesome. I mean, and it's good because you can tell that you truly love what you're doing because so many other people, it's a job. You know, they read the textbooks, that's what they have to do. And it's a lot more to it, especially in social work. And I love that you're dealing with welfare and parents and, you know, children because, and I like how you said you have to model it because it is true. Like my grandson is, you know, autistic, he's nonverbal, but to look at him, you wouldn't know that. So I actually got him for Christmas, don't tell him, but I got him some t-shirts that says, I'm autistic, I'm not spoiled, I'm not a brat, please have patience with me. Because yeah. to look at him with PCL and scream and like going someplace on a line, people just look and say, God, when his parents right there, like they don't even have a disability. You don't know that he has a disability. And trying to teach him, like it was crazy. They put him in a school at one point with normal kids. How are you communicating with him? Because he can't communicate that. Like, it's just, the system is broken and it's unfortunate. So to have somebody who actually loves what they do and, and you've navigated every avenue, you didn't just pick one, you've navigated every avenue. That's awesome. So anybody in Baltimore is lucky to have you. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Also, I love the fact that you've talked about your grandson, right? Because I remember right before I left, um, our most the majority of the children that I worked with were graduating middle school to go to high school which is a big deal <laughs> big deal right and um face to face with parents because you know we're, we transitioned from COVID back into yeah. the setting and things just look and feel very differently so the parents aren't blowing through as much as they probably would in the past right yeah. so I had a mom come up to me specifically because she saw me caring for her son and I think it's so challenging when you have students or children with disabilities or just different levels of functioning and you just really want your children to be environments with people who care about them, right? right? And it's tough, even with a, a child that doesn't have specific um, disabilities. You just really want to know that your child is in an environment with someone who's going to take care, who's going to um, lead from a place of kindness, who's going to understand that sometimes there's some frustrations here, but we're really trying to shape some behaviors and get the child to understand themselves a little bit differently so they can manage themselves and really live a quality life. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. No, I, well, it is, like I said, the system's broken because he spent, you have to be, go through, you know, uh, medical to get admitted into this school. So everybody yeah. in that school has a disability of some sort, but not all yeah. autism. And he was yeah. there for six months. And they contact my daughter and they're like, we don't know how to tell you this, but 
we kind of think you should get your son tested for autism. And she's like, yeah. They're like, we think he might be autistic. She's like, he is. That's why he's in your school. And they, I'm just sitting here thinking like, so for six months he's been in your school and you didn't even know his disability. How are you helping him then? You know, because they're sure. Oh, I, I know. It's like I said, the system is just broken. But having a teacher who cares, I'm glad that they caught on to it eventually. But I mean, it's just how ridiculous that you could have been helping him all along if you understood. Like, you know, I don't know. But it's okay. just, yeah, to have, you know, you don't get that too often where someone actually cares enough to, you know, yeah. want to get through to you, want to learn to help you. And, you know, everybody, like I said, it's just mostly textbook, check off a box. I did ABC. I did my job. Have a nice day. Yeah. It's not how it should be, you know. So kudos to you. I think you're doing awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Now, your practice takes a holistic approach, approach to mental health and wellness. So explain what this means and how it differs from, you know, more traditional methods. Yeah. I love how you started the conversation <laughs> just speaking about um just being more in tune of what the need is mm -hmm. and um, the access and availability of therapeutic supports. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a, it was important to me to ground our private practice and um, away from the medical model, mm -hmm. right? Um, not that it's not helpful, um, but people need to know that there's more than I'm sick, here's the medication to feel better. Right. And I really um, and I, I don't want to exile medication management because right. it's helpful. Actually, we look and this is one of your questions as well. But we look to uh, support our, our client base with seeing themselves clearly so they can be able to make those choices for themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we work on that. We work on seeing ourselves clearly um, so we can be able to meet ourselves in the shame and blame. We can develop some uh, tools um, that may be helpful to us um, to give us an opportunity to see ourselves and meet ourselves in our current need. And so ho our holistic approach just meets the person where they are, um, allows them to um kind of embrace the safe environment that is there for them, right? Allows them to a comfort level um, and, and and gets them prepared to want to do the work, mm -hmm. right? And if they think that someone thinks something's, if they think that the person closest to them, the subjective party that is closest to them, that is attempting to support them, use them with a negative light or scope or thinks that they need something immediately to shift whatever's going on. Sometimes they um, disappear. They don't show up for themselves the way that they need to. And so it's really important. Like the first couple of sessions are about rapport building. I'm, I'm taking notes. <laughs> if we have some paperwork you, you did prior to coming in. But before we, I get into some of the heaviness of it all, I want to make sure you feel safe enough to kind of talk about this so we can do the work moving forward to kind of connect those pieces. And then you can check in with yourself to see what you want to do with that. Right. So, yes. Yeah, because it is true that attitude plays a major role in our own well-being. You know, like even my mother, when she had breast cancer, and I mean, she's good now, but, mm -hmm. you know, even going through it, you have some people who are just, you know, they just know I'm like doomed, you know, statistics, I'm going to die, you know, whatever. And she was like, I remember she was telling the doctor, like, no, 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 tell me where to go because we're getting this done. And he was like, yeah, it's going to get you better. That attitude of nothing's going to knock me down. You know, you have to know that you're supported, you're loved, and I'm here on your side. I'm not just here to throw some medicine because that's the medical field we're in nowadays. Just, you know, build them up in medicine and send them on their way. And it doesn't even mean, like, I could go on and on with stories, but. You know, I suffered with terrible migraines for years. 
because that was what the doctors do, just give me some pills. Turns out I, I never needed them. And it, it it's just a long story. But anyway, it's just that's the world we're living in. So knowing if someone knows that you're on my side, you got yeah. my back and you're here to help me and you want to help me yeah. and we're going to do it together, that yeah. can open them up to so much more. And I mean, it's a rare quality. So that's actually awesome that you're doing that. We are going to do it together. And yeah. just because you said that, I also make it a point to say I'm going to support you either way. Right. right? Yeah. I hear you. Um, I meet you in that. Um, I, I love visuals. So I'm sitting with you on the bench. Like we're sitting. Yeah. Okay. We're virtual eh? or we're in person. I'm not literally sitting next to you. I'm sitting next to you because I want to see it from your lens because I want you to know that it's, it's, it's challenging for people to hear you. When you tell people what's going on with you, they don't feel the weight yeah. of what they're going through. And sometimes they miss. And so I want you to hear that I meet you in that, but I also want you to know that I'm going to support you either way. And I'm going to also show you a, some other perspectives mm-hmm. just so you can add to your orbit of thought. Yeah. Right. So in the future, if you want to do something different, you can, because you can't do anything different with something you can't see. Yeah. And some of the people just don't know it's, you know, so having someone say, well, did you try doing it this way? You know, it would be like, no, I actually didn't even think about it. But, you know, maybe that's what works. You know, you never know. And just because, yeah. you know, you could read whatever you want on, on on the Internet or all, it just doesn't mean that that's the actual way to do it. <laughs> right. Right. Now, being known as the mindfulness guru, how do you integrate mindfulness into your therapeutic practice? And why do you believe it's effective? So mindfulness is, is is grounded in everything that we do. Being present with self, um, working to release um, some of the things that we've been carrying, uh, learning to accept yourself, right? We just talked about that. And so I might say it a little differently because language matters to me and I really want to say it in a way that meets you where you are. But the concepts of mindfulness um, really um, support my clients with learning how to self-suit. Right. Uh, learning how to set boundaries, uh, learning how to build um, uh, skills around effective communication. Right. And regulation. And so honestly, we're doing all this work just so we can feel better. So I'm always speaking to you from my, my, my heart placement. Right. Um, and that's grounded in mindfulness. I want you to be able to slow yourself down um, to make a choice, even if it's to do more of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's causing you some level of um, discomfort later on, mm-hmm. and you're stuck with it. The person is has left. We're no longer in that environment anymore. And I at least want you to be able to say, "Okay, if we make this choice, you know, later on, I'm, I'm going to feel a little out of it. I might need to do some put some pro- uh, protective factors in place. Mm-hmm. We're just learning how to care for ourselves a little better. So mindfulness is grounded in everything. Um, our groups, uh, monthly groups, our mindfulness and meditation groups. And so I lead with um, guided meditation. Um, it's, it builds and helps us to manage our somatic health. Mm-hmm. So I don't see a way to do this work without mindfulness. <laughs> no, I mean, it's awesome because most people live in the here and now and they just want to feel better right now. That you need somebody from the outside who can see it and kind of look at the long, even looking at like the historic, you know, how you feel and how has that worked for you in the past? And, you know, you don't see it yourself. You never see what's going on with you yourself. You need the outside perspective. And, you know, like I said, everybody else is checking off a box and, okay, you know, blood pressure was good, blah, 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 they're fine. But you're looking at the bigger picture. And, you know, it's kind of just, again, telling people we're going to do this together because here's what I see. 
And I always use the term, we can agree to disagree, but let me tell you what I see. Let's see how we can maybe make this a little better, you know, and, and you're doing that. You're going that extra mile, which I keep repeating it. That is like such an awesome trait because it's definitely, a, you don't hear much of it anymore. And you know what? I talk to my clients about validation because we have this way of thinking about validation. Um, and I get it. I get it. But I, approach and perspective is big. So you're absolutely going to get validated here. Yeah. Okay. And it's and, and why though? Why? It's because I want you to be able to see that you are doing the work. You you started off by saying they were they're already doing that. Yes, they are already doing that. So I don't want you to think that you're just going to come here and I'm going to tell you all these new things. You actually are actually already doing this work. Let's celebrate self. Let's highlight that. And when your mind starts to tell you, you have some of those intrusive thoughts in your mind starts to tell you because your mood has shifted. Right. When your mood shifts, nothing. Right. Well, <laughs> and so you, you do nothing. Right, right. Right. And so, oh, I remember Latoya said that someone else <laughs> sees, right. And I'm also in practice of celebrating self along the way so I can mm -hmm. please self and I can see more of this behavior because we're spending mm -hmm. a lot of time in the dark, right? I, I don't like um, feelings connected to it. I, I usually use like the darkness is very deep and, mm -hmm. and it's never ending. And so we can stay there, right? But allowing ourselves to see ourselves just a little bit differently gives us more of a choice. So yes. Right. And even highlighting the pros, because again, you're going through motion every day and, you know, sometimes it's nice when someone says, did you realize that you just did that? It's like, you know, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm celebrating you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Like yeah. That could be like, you know, turn somebody a whole one eight. You're like, oh my God, I never even realized that. Look, and now I feel good, you know. <laughs> we are doing the work. We all are. It just feels like we're not. Yeah. This life is tough. Yeah, we it is. <laughs> Now tell me, develop an innovative approach called natural joy. So tell us a little bit about this method and how it helps in self-care. Yes, so natural joy, um, If when I think about natural joy, I, again, I'm visual. So when I put my hand out, right, hand straight out, flat out, and extend my arm, right, joy is in reach. Right. And if I embrace it with a pure heart, you can't see my hands, but hand over heart, we do hand placements. Um, it helps us to self-soothe. It helps us to connect with self. It helps to slow us down and it gives us permission to, for choice. Right. I can embrace what is going well. There's always something going well. And the way a lot of our brains are set up is that we just, we just talked about this is that we spend a lot more time in the areas of, of the things that aren't going well or all the things that we need to problem solve and strategize or, you know, that are frustrating for us. And that's okay, you know, but let's also allow ourselves to be present in the range of emotions mm -hmm. and recognize that things are also going well, right? I put gas in my car <laughs> last night. And I didn't have to stop, and it was snowing this morning, and I am yeah. <laughs> so little yeah. things, yeah. <laughs> Being present in it and allowing ourselves to be present, and there is always something going well, and I don't have to stay stuck in, um, in the darkness, right? right? And act as if there's nothing else going well in life. 
And I can't, I don't allow myself to embrace joy because I'm having a tough time with being able to see the range of my life, the wholeness, the fullness of who I am and right. my life. Right. Um, so we also introduced the concept of natural joy, natural joy. Right. And that's the idea that we are um, more in tune with self. We're building our own insight and awareness of self. Self-care works. All of this is just self-care. But right. self-care for me, when it was introduced for me, I had a hard time really implementing it in a life-changing, innovative way. Right. And so that's why language is so big. I mean, you can change the language to whatever works for you, but natural joy really pushed a, a, a new level of motivation and encouraged more, more self-awareness, right? I'm in tune with the things that work for me. Um, this is, this is, so th th this is just an example of how your list should be supported and connected to you. I like climbing trees. Yeah. Right. I like going, I, I'm getting back into running. I'm getting, you know, my list, um, anything that I, I can connect with that doesn't take me a lot of effort mm -hmm. that can help me help my help shift my mood. Right. right? Where I can connect with self and give myself permission to, to, to gently shift back to whatever the day has for me, whatever else the day has for me. So I'm allowing myself to build a running list. Yeah. Uh, things are going to fall off. Things are going to be added. I'm more in tune with myself. I'm allowing myself to connect with the things that bring me joy. A television show, any anything. I had a client who was really into astronomy. So we added a uh, app on her phone so she can take some time when she's at school and she's feeling really anxious right. to just connect with the galaxy. Yeah, I would yeah. never add that to my phone. I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's something I'm interested in. Yeah, why? Yeah, but you can find ways because, like, even with me, like I live in a city. I'm not in a country. I love yes. sunset, sunrise, sunset. I love nature. Um. I belong to a lot of photography groups online and every day I'm looking at the, just the beauty because I don't tell you the world kind of is not very nice sometimes, but there's such beauty in it. It's just the little things that you can just make your mood go from, you know, zero to hero in a heartbeat. You know? <laughs> yes. Yes. And, 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 and give yourself permission to set some boundaries for yourself. Right. And it's hard. Like when you say people don't always notice, because if you're like depressed or whatnot, it's hard to see joy in anything, especially yourself, you know, and if, if you have somebody else, because I know somebody's like that, they're just negative, negative 24-7, always miserable, always, and it's like, you know, you could think on one hand of just simple, quick thing of what you could be grateful and happy for, you know, but if you're not, it's like, you know, it's kind of like a trickle effect. It's, you know, some people need to get shaken. So, okay, do you not see this? This is awesome, you know? <laughs> And that's why it's a running list. And I encourage my clients to write it down because sometimes you can't, you, you can't think when your mood shifts. Yeah. You can't think clearly. And so if you can access a list that you have created for yourself, is it your phone or is it, you know, pad on your desk or something? You look at, okay, I'm going to allow myself to eat some ice cream. Right. I'm definitely going to allow myself to go out with a family for a little bit because I just need to feel love. Right. Mm -hmm. And whatever that is, I won't, Get, I, I could create, I had come up with a plan for myself so I won't have to think too hard and I can shift, my mood can shift gently and now I can re, um, I can re-shift back to the things that I have 
to do today, my to-do list. Yeah, I mean, they have apps for everything now. If you're sitting down all day, it'll remind you, okay, you've been sitting for three hours, get up and walk around for 15 minutes. Set yeah. alarm for yourself, you know, every hour or so. Just take a minute and reflect on something. You know, somebody told me one time every morning, you know, jot down five things you're grateful for today. Just something simple. You're like, okay, I'm grateful the sun is out. You know, just yeah. silly little things. And it could really change somebody's, you know, day. So, again, well, you're pointing it out. <laughs> let's go there. You said the sun, right? So, mindfulness, being present with self, body scan, right? Mm-hmm. How did I feel when I went outside? Yes, the sun is out. Because sometimes we say, oh, I'm just going to go outside and get some sun. But when the sun met your face, you kissed it. It gave you a hug. You felt, you smiled immediately when you walked out of the door. It's allowing ourselves an opportunity to be present with self and how our body responds. Because our body is always communicating to us. Right? right? And if we normalize it, a lot of times we're not paying attention. It is true. We get so caught up in the motion that we don't pay attention to so much. Like they always say, your gut, it will never tell you wrong. And so many times it's like, hey, I don't have time. You know, it's just, this is what I have to do. And I, you know. Right. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> hand over heart, right? Yes. <laughs> hand over heart. I have, I have to practice this. No one knows what you're doing when you place your hand over the heart. Just slow yourself down and give yourself permission to check but it's true when you say with like the, the sensation, because I mean, even from babies, you don't have to say a word, just put your hand on them and they know you're there. They just, it could calm a baby instantly. And just, you know, you know this from the minute you're born. It's just, we have, we forget, you know, like I always see people give myself a hug. It's like, I actually feel okay right now. Like I feel like, you know, they have blankets that make you feel like you're giving yourself a hug. I mean, yes. why? Who thought of this? Somebody who realized yes. this works. <laughs> a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, now tell us from your experience, what are some of the most significant benefits of mindfulness on mental health and wellness? It helps you to slow yourself down and be in the present moment, right? And so we talked about how we think we're being in a present moment and we give ourselves permission to do the thing. Maybe go outside. Maybe I went for a walk. But maybe I need to push myself a little bit. Maybe I do a scavenger hunt this time. I give myself, yes, pick up a rock and I feel it. Right. Um, it's You allow yourself to really be present with your environment. Right? So it, it teaches us that we can approach life in an innovative way that might switch it up for a bit. It might switch it up a bit. It allows you to reinvent yourself, too. You're not the same person you were 20 years ago. You're not. Right. And so if you're not, well, we're still functioning like we are. So it encourages us to be more present with ourselves and to switch some things up if we need to. And most of which. Um, you know, you, you don't have to be like me and like change, you know, complete self, but you may just want to do some things so you're not feeling, you know, spending so much time judging yourself and others. Right. Yeah, get out of the world. Like, I remember reading someone, you know, people say they go outside and someone else says, did you go outside, like in the backyard or whatever, with your socks and shoes off? And I'm like, never thought about that. Why? And they're like, because now you're, you're basically touching toe-to-toe with nature. And I'm like, interesting so now i'm like i'll take this i just want to try it you know and i'm like now i'm thinking something totally different not that i'm doing that every day but it's something different and even like we have a bike path here so you know you're you're going through nature the whole bit but you're so focused on don't hit anybody along the way to have the right direction but they have like a little leap yeah and i remember one time i was like you know what stop and I see the, the, you know fish and the thing and the leaves blowing in the wind and it was kind of like for a quick minute i was like 
Yeah, I would have missed all this. You know, it's you have to almost put it on the schedule. Take 10 minutes and just stop and breathe, you know? <laughs> it is to stop and breathe. I love that. Sometimes um, when it, in the hotter months, in the warmer months, summer months, we have our mindfulness group outside. And I walk around outside with, <laughs> with my socks or no shoes on. <laughs> why I am leading the class, but absolutely it's modeling how to connect and be connected with our senses and uh, the world moves very fast. So it's okay if you want to take a moment for yourself that 10 minutes to stop and breathe. Our breath has power. Yeah, you have to basically be open to trying something new because some people are like, ah, oh, I always did it this way. Time for change. <laughs> we were just talking about this um, flexible thinking. A lot of us have a rigid thought processes. And you know when you see the most, I didn't notice it the most until I worked with students with disabilities and autism. Repetition, repetition. Oh, rigid (laughs) thinking really can, really can prevent you from growing into the person that you're supposed to be because you're functioning at a, a, a wavelength, um, that you picked up along the way that might not even work for you anymore. Right. And someone else now who can tell them, let's try something new, you know? <laughs> I know it's tough, though. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, if you if you connect with them and they're willing to try, it could be a big difference, you know? But you won't know until you try. So hearing those alternative uh, thought processes, you know, allows you to start thinking about things just a little bit more flexibly to give yourself a choice on how you want to maneuver through your life. Yeah. And even for anybody, just knowing that you have a choice. Like I was raised in Catholic school and strict parents. You do what you're told. Now you're telling me I have a choice. I could, I could think however I want. I could do however. Like this is awesome. That's like opening me out of a shell, you know? And I'm sure that's a lot of people. Yes, that is. And you, you, you find it. I think we pay attention to it more with children. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter just turned 12, right? She's in middle school. And, uh, who, that's a, that's the middle school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God bless you. <laughs> middle school. And so we're learning to think flexibly, right? <laughs> put that into practice and know that if I um, make certain choices and decisions, certain things are going to happen. So I do have choice and just know that if I make this choice, this is going to happen. If I make this choice, this may happen. So allowing myself more of a range of emotions and checking in with self so I can figure out what works best for me. So I'm not so upset with everyone else when I made a choice for myself. Right. And if it was the wrong choice, now you know, you learned something, wasn't it? You learned something. That's the other part of natural joy. You allow yourself permission to make mistakes. We are all, we are not striving for perfection. We are striving for active practice. And so with active practice, I absolutely know that I'm going to make some mistakes, right? And I absolutely know that I am going to get better. And so when I tell myself, you know you're going to make some mistakes, right? When a mistake comes, I won't allow myself to live in the darkness of shame and blame so much because I'm so concerned about what others are thinking about me, but really what I'm saying to myself about who I am, I'm connecting the who I am to that mistake. Oh, we made a mistake. Do we want to do something different next time? Okay, I'll try this next time, right? I'll be more present and aware. I'll, I'll, I'll prepare myself a little differently. It gives you more of an option to continue to grow. Right. And think about how many other people might have made that same exact mistake. And now 
you don't have to feel so bad because I'm human and I made this mistake. And other people are like, oh my God, me too. You know, so now me you're building too. each other up. <laughs> I love me too moments. <laughs> I was at a networking event a little bit ago and a woman came up and was like, oh, I talked to one person. I was like, oh, because <laughs> I, I struggle with that as well. Someone else came here with the goal that they want to talk to more than one person. <laughs> We can meet in that, right? We all have struggles that it's really tough to um, put ourselves in certain environments. But when you put yourself there, you definitely need to celebrate yourself, right? Affirm yourself. Celebrate yourself because the things that you're doing are very challenging and others don't know how challenging it was, but you do. So let's pay attention to that and that's how I like that. Yes, amen. <laughs> now in your practice, what are some of the common challenges your clients face and how does holistic approach help address these? Yeah, so a lot of my clients um, struggle with interpersonal deficits. Um, they struggle with self-esteem, move-related concerns, or um, just wanting to learn how to navigate themselves in the world a little bit differently. And so we check in, right? We check in with what is helpful to me right now, right? What am I doing? What am I, what am I in active practice with right now? Is that working for you? Let's be honest. Is it working for you? If not, and we don't have to come up with our answers right away. That's what I'm really big on. Let's not force ourselves or push ourselves into making a decision or choice or ideal that we're not even sure of yet. Let's allow ourselves some room. Is this working for me? And if so, how can we approach this in a way that is helpful? And so when we're working with interpersonal deficits, meaning I don't really like how I'm engaging in the relationships with self, with, with the world around me, my environment. A lot of times you're engaging with yourself the same way. We're not even recognizing that if I do something slightly different then, which is usually a boundary for self, that's what boundaries are for, then I can teach other people that I am not okay with that and I won't continue to, to rest in that, that something's wrong with me because they didn't change. Right. Right. Or if we're talking about mood related concerns. Oh, what is what happens to that encourages my mood to shift? Is there is there anything in my environment or is there something that I'm doing that my mood is fluctuating so often? Let's pay attention to what's going on. So maybe we can come up with a plan. I had a client who was telling me we were talking about the, the holiday. And when the holiday comes, they find themselves feeling a lot more in self-doubt, self-shame and uh, their their um their responses are a little bit more uh, considered as outbursts, right? And so, well, what can we do? And then they're stuck in the room later on and they're kind of um, having perceptive language and they're also kind of pacing. Okay, good. I'm glad. That's great. You know that? Wow, good, right? So maybe if we know this, maybe we come up with a plan to take care of self during the holiday. Right. Let's come up with a plan. And this, this doesn't mean that you have to use this plan. But this just means that I, I, there's been more holidays than not. Right. That I've had this thing happen. <laughs> I don't like it. And so let's try to put these things in place after we had a conversation. So it just allows us to walk up to things and say hello and put a plan in place to care for self. We may not need it. But we may need it, right? And it actually helps us to feel better, helps us to manage ourselves a little bit better. And it also allows you to celebrate self along the way. Probably helps them too not to have so much anxiety when the holidays are approaching because now they're like, all right, I got this. <laughs> all right, I got this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy because there's so many people nowadays, like you see it on social media a lot all the time, where, you know, there's a lot of people 
I always use the term agree to disagree. I don't hate you for what you agree. I just don't agree with it, but whatever, vice versa. But yeah. so many people, if you don't do what I do or believe what I believe or whatever, you know, I'm the enemy, I'm Satan, I'm this. It's like, yes, you know, so people are just, it's so crazy, this world. that You have to know that I firmly believe what I believe, and that's okay that you don't, and we'll just agree to disagree. We can still be friends, we can, but it's just a crazy world <laughs> nowadays, so giving people permission to do their thing, know that it's okay, you know that how to approach people who are going to be like that. You just know that you're okay. Hand on the heart, I got this. <laughs> yes, and to add to that, because that was powerful, to add to that, um, one of my clients said something to me, uh, I think it was last week or the week before. She said, you know, someone came up to me and, 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 and said that I make them feel at peace when we're in connection, when we're in, you know, the same environment. And then she said, but they make me feel, they don't make me feel peace. <laughs> you know, they make me feel a, very chaotic inside. And it makes me almost given her obligation, you know. <laughs> and so back to the feeling of it all, right? What can I do? Maybe I set a boundary and I don't, I'm not in that, I'm not environment with that, in that environment with that person as long. Right. Right. Um, maybe I need to look at things and I can move things around. And I'm so proud of myself that I recognize that I bring peace to other people, but the people who are bringing me and making me feel this level of calm, conflictual, um, internal stressors inside, let me ask myself what I want to do a little bit differently because that's, I don't like that. Everywhere I go, I bring peace, but people think that they can be mean to me, judgmental, push me down, try to bribe. They're, they're trying to break me. Yeah. They don't want to pay attention. <laughs> and I'm saying, oh, you look beautiful. I love those glasses, girl. I'm coming with that energy and you're coming with, that's not nice. Mm -hmm. And so instead of me trying to tear you down, I'm just going to set some stronger boundaries for myself. Because I don't like that, and I need people to understand that you don't treat me like that. Yeah, I mean, we've given somebody a you know basically the obligation. You know, now I have to feel like I have to be bubbly and everything. I'm a, I'm a title have a bad day too, but I have to make you feel good because you're you're basically telling me that's my role in your life. Oh, <laughs> that's that's your stuff. That's your that's not my thing. I'm going to show how I show up. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad I make you feel good. Right, yeah. that's yours. Yeah. Maybe that's that's probably telling you that you need to get some more people in your environment that make you. Yeah. Feel yeah. Now, tell us what advice would you give to new practitioners in the field of mental and health <clears throat> health and wellness, especially those interested in integrating mindfulness into their work? I would tell them to be gentle with themselves. Mm -hmm. Right, um, we're 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 all students. Even when you're a teacher, you're a student. And so modeling is huge. So get familiar with how you feel and how the tools help you. So you can really teach. It's really challenging to teach things that you don't know. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's tough to hear for new professionals because we all kind of struggle with, am I good enough language at times, right? Um, so just allowing yourself to be more in, a, more in a flow and trust what you know. Trust what you learned. Continue to connect with um, a mentor or a supervisor, right? Allow yourself to build and grow and be okay if you don't know. Yeah. Oh, I'll find that out. 
Oh, thank you for bringing that to my attention. Let's find that out together. Not feeling the need to act as if you know everything because you don't. All students. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the fact that you intern on so many different levels is huge too because, like I always say, a textbook can only get you so far, but you learn majority through experience and not everybody's the same. I'm sure you've encountered plenty of people that, like, uh, you always just say you're challenging me. You know, you, you're giving me, you're making me work for it now. You know, everybody's different. And, yes. you know, asking, you know, there was once upon a time where it was almost like, I can't act like I don't know what I'm doing because I'm supposed to know it all. Now yeah. it's kind of like I have absolute, like, times are changing. Everything's evolving. It's kind of like I'm not afraid to say I am completely lost. Show me. Show me what to do. I, I'll even go down a couple pegs. Show me because I want to learn. You have to, because at the end of the day, you want to help people. You have to be, I want to say you have to be your best, but it's okay to not be your best and learning how to become your best together, you know. It's a strength. That's a strength. So being able to be present in your strengths and areas of, of need, right, and areas of shaping, right, um, but mindfulness specifically, just getting more familiar with the principles, right, um, uh, allowing yourself to, to be present and, and um, the flow of it, because it's not a rigid process at all. Um, and you, you definitely have to meet yourself where you are in order to meet others where they are. So I actually, friends of mine have been encouraging me to have some more classes. I, I have classes for, for the community for, for uh, group, for student groups, but not professionals. So I am thinking about that. So, <laughs> you know, you could even do professionals in groups. You know, I mean, I know um, a lot of companies, especially where um, suicide rates are really high, they, in part of HR is to ha basically have someone in talk to everybody in a group to let them know signs to look for and that it's okay and i'm here so people won't openly come out and say it but if you're talking to groups so yeah you could totally hook up with businesses and <laughs> do groups absolutely so we are on that trajectory currently um a lot of our current like current client base are clinicians um but i'm, I'm you know the, we're talking about two separate groups. One is for learning how to manage self, and the other would be for how do you lead your own mindfulness group. Absolutely. Very nice. Your client motto is committed to wellness. So how do you foster this commitment in your clients, and what role does mindfulness play in it? Buy-in. Um, acceptance commitment therapy is one of the uh, modalities that we use as well. And I, I start off even at our 15-minute consultation. You know, um, uh, fit is super important. Um, and this is funny. Uh, one of my recent clients who just started with me, her doctor sent her to me and she was wanted to make me aware that she <laughs> preferred and she did not want to be here. And someone else thought that she needed this support to get a specific surgery and all the things. Right. So I, I let that go. And of course, I, you know, sprinkle in um, that. ACT is something that a modality that we use. But our last session, since we were, we've built rapport, you know, we're great sessions. <laughs> right. Um, I guess they don't take clients who don't have buy-in. But I'm I'm extremely proud of you. I know that you referred here and you've been doing the work. And I think you should let your doctor know. I know there's a level of discomfort and um, um, uh, a lack of understanding about why your doctor took this approach. And I understand that you guys have a relationship. Um, but I think, you know, I just want to, I encourage you to lead that conversation next time with what you have learned and what you've been in active practice with because you have grown. You do feel better. You do understand. And there's, you, 
you might not understand his way of thinking, but it sounds like to me that he can, like he cares about you and he wants you to feel better and he wants you to be able to adapt some other tools and you have. So feel free to share with him that you do have some buy-in, that you are doing the work and you have been showing up. That's awesome. I mean, it is true because like I said, a lot of people, you don't see it yourself, but someone on the outside does. But giving her that power to be like, you've done this on your own. You know, so, and letting her know that, you know, because I know somebody else who, you know, like say postpartum and all things like that, you don't see it yourself, but sometimes, you know, people do and they don't ever want to admit anything yeah. because I'm supposed to be super mom, but knowing that someone else sees it, they care about you and yeah. if you've done it, how cool is that, that you've done this on your own and it's everybody's happy to me, you know? Yes. We see you, we hear you, we feel you. Yes. Nice. Yeah, so mindfulness is ingrained in all of that, in that language. <laughs> now, for our listeners, can you share some simple yet effective mindfulness techniques that can be incorporated into everyday life? Yes, those which we've already talked about, but I just want to um, reemphasize it. So hand over heart, hand placements is what we, I'll teach you, I'll you that right away. Because yeah. <laughs> I want us to learn some self-soothing strategies. I want you to be able to slow yourself down. I want you to be able to be more in tune with yourself and give yourself permission to step away if you need to or effectively communicate if you need to. So hand over heart means one hand over your heart or two hands over your heart or you model the gentle hug early. <laughs> So which one, whichever one makes more sense for you or hell is more effective. So I encourage my clients to practice which one is more helpful for them. I do strongly, more strongly encourage to hand over heart because no one, when you're in community, um, when you're outside your house or you're somewhere else where you may not feel comfortable, right? No one else knows what you're doing. You can be scratching yourself. Right. Oh, that's hot. Yeah. And you're covering up. And so it gives you a way of caring for self that no one else is is aware of what you're doing for self. So you don't feel, uh, you can take away some of the shame that's disconnected with the judgment. The other way would be mindful breathing, right? In our sessions, um, thumb to finger, breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Thumb to finger, breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. And we'll, we'll explore all of our fingers. We'll explore all of our fingers and we can do it, do it as long as we need to. But it brings us into the present moment. You know, sometimes breathing, uh, breathing techniques and breath work is very challenging for people um, who aren't in practice with it or just getting, um, connected with it because they don't see it as helpful well your breath is with you all day it's powerful right you don't actually need to extend your breath that's really what it's doing but it's helpful if you want to try it because it slows you down and it gives you permission to ground it gives you permission to clear your thoughts it gives you permission to think a little bit clearly and gives you permission to show up for self in a unique powerful way right so thumb to finger breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth and you just extend it to each finger right and allow yourself to stay present in it as long as you need to right but really recognize how it brings you back into the present moment because our minds start to shift and that's okay right but we're just reminding self that i have tools that are helpful to me that are always with me Right, that I can access at any time and through practice, I will continue to get better with implementing them. Right, that will allow me to show up for self in a way. 
it's funny because I am, well, not funny, but I had went through, um, you know, PTSD from something bad. And I remember I was going to a hypnotist at one time and she was yeah. saying how your mind just kind of goes off on its own. So when yeah. you're trying to go to sleep, you don't realize it. It's already, and she had me doing that because it brings you right back. Like, okay, I'm here. Everything's good. I'm safe. I'm, you know, yeah. and it, it did work, you know. Now, based on your experience and trends that you see, what do you think is the future of mental health care, especially regarding mindfulness and holistic practices? I think it's going to continue to get more and more accessible. I think um, in families, it's not going to be something that we shy away from. I think that it will allow ourselves to hold ourselves accountable Mm -hmm. so we can in turn hold others accountable. Mm -hmm. Um, So I see it as a progressive journey as well. Um, we shifted to more of a virtual hybrid um, communication, which, uh, which also allows its um, mindfulness and therapeutic supports to be more accessible, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I, I see growth. I see development. I see um, a, a way of connecting with more people. Mm-hmm. I see it bringing, I, I see it bringing people together. Honestly. Mm-hmm. That's what I see. Yeah, I'm glad about the remote thing because, like, at least I could tell you in my neighborhood, was doctors, yeah. they just, again, script, you know, nobody cares, they don't, you know, so knowing that there are great people out there, you don't have to physically be living there to see them. Yes. And so many people, too, are, like, embarrassed, they don't want to go, but this is takes a little bit of that away, so it opens it up to a lot more, so, and now that people are being a lot more open about this stuff, you know, I think it is going to start changing for the better you know the world absolutely. needs to be know that <laughs> absolutely i have clients who will not come to a group session in-person group session mm-hmm. but they'll show up for session <laughs> they'll show up for a virtual session and i'll encourage it and like, i don't know you know so they'll get there right <laughs> out of them for accessing supports when right. they right well, it takes a while for people you know and again it's sometimes it's just knowing that oh my god we're all feeling the same thing now I don't feel like it's just me you know and if I could just add as well we have a um I I mentioned somatic health we have a sound healing approach as well um in our groups and I um and I I do it in my individual sessions as well um where I have my sound bowl um that I use but I also have music um that is that is powerful um and so uh sensory is huge sensory. We're really big on um, sensory and being connected to our senses because they drive us and help fuel us and they communicate us and to us in very unique ways and right. messages that we should pay attention to. Awesome. Anything else you want to talk about or add that you have going on or what you're doing? Oh, absolutely. So we have expanded our services. So we do have more availability for, of course, individual couples and um family sessions. Um, again, we'll continue to have our, our therapeutic groups uh, monthly. I believe our next therapeutic group is on the 12th. I have to double check that. Mm-hmm. On the 13th, I think it's the Saturday. Um, so absolutely, if you're looking to connect in a unique way, um, we invite the community as well as our client base. You can feel free to connect with us um, via our um, our uh, website, www.thisgoesouttoyou.org. Uh, or or on Instagram, www. Well, this goes out to you underscore or email admin at this goes out to you dot net. Awesome. Well, you have such great stuff. I mean, how do you want people to get a hold of you? 
Thank you. Uh, feel free to join us on Instagram. Look at what we have going on. Um, we are teaching a lot more because that's what we do very uh, naturally, very naturally. So we're teaching a lot more. Um, but if you have any questions about what we're doing and want to find creative ways to connect, feel free to email. We'll answer any questions. That's awesome. Well, thank you again for being on the show. Again, that was Latoya Stewart. So thanks for listening to Successful Minds with Patty B. Never miss an episode by subscribing. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Successful Minds with your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.